When the rain comes, are you willing to roll up your sleeves and pull the tarp? Because if you're not, you're not a team player, you're not a competitor, and you're not going to make the impact you're capable of making. Find out why on today's conversation with my new friend, Andrew Moses. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Competitor Nation. Today's guest, Andrew Moses, is the host of the podcast show, Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I had a chance to connect with Andrew a little while back due to a shared philosophy. He and I both spent time working for sports representation agencies out of college. We then had a chance to work for a baseball, or he worked baseball minor league. I worked football arena league. And we got to see what it looks like in a minor league organization and how everybody's involved with really everything. And what it looks like in organizations when everybody jumps in and rolls their sleeves up and gets involved to help the team win and what happens when everybody doesn't. And so we get into a conversation today around leadership, around adopting the mentality that everybody pulls the tarp, that no job is above us if we're going to be the leader, if we're going to be the manager, if we're going to be the person making the type of influence we want to have on others. And so I hope you're excited and ready for this brand new episode with Andrew. Before we dive into the show, I want to remind you to join the Morning Motivation Club. All you got to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. And every morning, you're going to get a text message from me around 7 a.m. Central. I've been asked by a number of you, is it automated? Is it scheduled? No, I am sending it out myself Every day I'm leaving the gym, I'm just finishing writing, I'm having a cup of coffee and a book, and I am thinking about you and how I can encourage you to start the day stronger. So I pull out my phone, type in the message, and send it. So if you want to start the day stronger, you want to start the day focused, maybe even a little bit of motivation or encouragement to show up on the days that you're not feeling it, then all you got to do is text PODCAST to 972-945-9113, and I'll be sending you a text message tomorrow morning to get us started. Now, let's get into this week's show with Andrew Moses. Andrew, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Enjoyed kind of our jam session offline, talking equipment and podcasting and all that. You've got an awesome show, Everybody Pulls the Tarp, which is how I found out about your work uh, around leadership, around teamwork, which is I absolutely love. Before we dive into that, I know you've got your hands in a couple of things as well. So give everyone just kind of a snapshot of what drives you every day. Well, first, first and foremost, what drives me every day is very much what, what you focus on. I mean, competing every day. I was thinking about our conversation, and that's something that I've always prided myself on, is waking up every single day and competing against myself to make an impact, grow personally and professionally. So that for me, in turn, you know, I'm passionate about getting myself involved in a lot of different causes and activities and different ventures. So every single day, I'm trying to get better. 
trying to improve and, and trying to most importantly make an impact on you know my 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 family, those around me, and uh, of course the 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 broader community. Yeah. So you've got the podcast. Uh, you also have some hands in, in work in the philanthropic space. Give us a snapshot of what you do currently right now in life. So I, I am uh, t- technically I'm an, I'm an accountant by trade. So I have two accounting degrees and a CPA license. I started my career working for one of the big uh, global accounting firms. For the last about 13 years, I have been the uh, I've been at a firm called Morgan Franklin. And Morgan Franklin is a national management advisory firm that works with leading businesses on complex finance, technology, and business issues, I kind of retooled myself seven or eight years ago to go from delivering accounting services to uh, more of a sales, business development, corporate growth role. So now I'm, I'm our vice president of business development and marketing, and I focus on all things uh, related to growing the business. I work directly with our managing partner and CEO, to scale the business. We've been growing, you know, really extensively nationally. So, so that's that's my work at Morgan Franklin. You mentioned a lot of my philanthropic work. When I was in college at Penn State, a buddy of mine and I, we we created uh, a nonprofit event uh, in in State College, Pennsylvania, and we raised a ton of money for autism research and awareness. And after college, we decided we wanted to expand that program nationally. So we created this kind of charity event in a box program for college students called Autism Speaks University to support the autism community. And we essentially made a turnkey process and provided the necessary support and infrastructure to help college students, wherever they were in the country, create an event for Autism Speaks U to either raise money, raise awareness, or or, or advocate for, for the autism community. I stayed involved with that program uh, as a advisor in many capacities for for nearly 12 years. So that was a huge part of my life. And I mentioned Penn State there. I'm also always involved in different projects for uh, Penn State, uh, the business school, helping alums, helping students, mentorship, connecting folks. And, you know, I think that kind of gets me to this, everybody pulls the tarp, you know, phase of, of my life or venture, if you will. And, you know, I had this, this realization a couple of years ago that I've been very fortunate to have great mentors and exposure to, to networking with fantastic people professionally and personally, just like you and I have gotten connected here. And I said, you know, everybody doesn't have access to that. So if I go on this journey where every week I talk on everybody pulls the tarp for 30 minutes with a high performer, an Olympic athlete, a professional athlete, a CEO, an elite coach, a best-selling author, a musician, whatever it is, people who are successful and hardworking from all walks of life, there are lessons in there that everybody can learn from. So, so I'm passionate about kind of illuminating those, those stories, uh, sharing them with, with, with the world so everybody can, can learn from them. And uh, we can get you know, maybe into the everybody pulls the tart mantra and where that all came from. I know it's kind of near and dear to your heart, but that's, you know, those are kind of some of the things I'm involved with. And most importantly, I'm, I'm, a, a, I'm, a, I'm a dad to two little girls. And uh, my wife and I, you know, the last year and a half have been trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate this pandemic. And the, 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 the kids have been going to virtual school. They, my, my older daughter finally, uh, just this week, went into school, into first grade. She rode the bus. She went to school for the first time in person in a year and a half. And my, hope, hopefully my, my youngest daughter will, uh, will start in-person preschool in a few weeks. So there's a so lot So how was on. that experience for mom and dad? 
I think I think we were ready. Uh, you know, I, I think you know, I certainly as a as a dad, you know, kind of when, when my oldest daughter was born, I said, I, I can't ever envision a scenario where I'm going to be able to put my little girl on a school bus and have somebody else drive her off into the distance. And uh, I think having the extra year to prepare was certainly helpful. Um, but she did great. Uh, my, my wife and I did great. And, uh, you know, everybody's off to the races. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I definitely want to dive into the everybody pulls the tar, but one of the things that I couldn't help but notice is a thread in a lot of the things you talked about from your career to your professional career to the, the side ventures and, and the philanthropic angle to the podcast now, of this idea of looking beyond just yourself. And I say that because you know you talked about being in a CPA role and, and you switched to a role that would help the company grow and develop. And you did it from a standpoint of not being an owner of a company, which is a lot of times where we try to focus of the owner or the president. They're the only ones in charge of creating new opportunities within an organization or for themselves. You did it there. You did it with the philanthropic angle of creating a platform and opportunity for others to get involved from a philanthropic angle and raise money and events. And then obviously from the podcast, it was not just how can I learn from people, but how can I share these conversations knowing there's value for other people? Have you always had that kind of outward focus, outward mentality of how can I be of value to others or bring value to others? Or did you go through a shift some point in life that you changed your focus? I think, you know, I mean, it really goes back to my parents. I mean, my parents, you know, instilled in me from a very early age that you any success that you have is the result of people around you. And my, my parents, you know, always encouraged me to get involved in the community as a, as a, you know, a child, as a young adult, I remember, you know, I wasn't a very good little league baseball player, but when I was done playing little league, my parents encouraged me to get involved as a buddy uh, in the challenger baseball league. So I, I was, you know, helping children with, with, with disabilities, learn how to play baseball and kind of coaching them out on the field. And that was a really rewarding experience. I got involved in some uh, high school youth groups, uh, you know, as a member, you know, freshman and sophomore year of college, uh, high school. And then I, I joined the organizing committee and took, took board positions. And I, I just, you know, so my parents instilled this, this kind of value in me. But what I began to see was, you know, it sounds cliche, but I, I began to see that the more you put into something, the more you get out of something. And that, to me, is the perfect scenario. And you know, as I transitioned, I went to college and then began my professional career. A mentor told me early on in my professional career, he said, Andrew, I want you to wake up every day and be a net giver. You know, net giver, like in the accounting sense, right? Your balance sheet should have more things that you're giving to people in business than you're receiving. So every day, don't wake up worrying about what you're going to get from somebody. Worry about what you're going to give to somebody. And if you give more than you receive, you're going to get you're going to receive enough to be successful and kind of fill your bucket if you will but um wake up every day not thinking about what others are are going to do for you what you're going to do for other people and you know it's it's been it's been a um it's been really helpful to me so i think Love it started it. early and it's been con it's continued to kind of be um matured professionally and that just echoes the Zig Ziglar quote of, if you want to be successful help others find success have you on your podcast yet interviewed bob berg I have, I have not. I have oh, not. My, oh man, I've got to get y'all connected because you're talking about a net giver every day. Bob Bob Berg Bob Berg is the author of The Go Giver, 
And that is his mentality from a leadership standpoint. And y'all would sync so incredibly well. So when you were saying that, I was like, he's got to have a conversation with Bob uh, because that's how I, I've met Bob like two years ago and obviously best-selling author, speaker, and every conversation I've had with him, he acts like you're the most important person he's talking to. He's all about how can I give to you? How can I give you my attention? How can I help you? You know, all of that. So I love hearing that and, and definitely want after we get off air, connect you with him as well. Uh, Andrew, so let's talk about this, the TARP mentality. Everybody pulls the TARP because you and I both worked minor league and I'm assuming you did this in college or right before going the accounting route. I, I did. So like a lot, like a lot of folks, you know, I wanted to work in sports and, and I was fortunate, you know, my, you know, I've got great parents. I've got great parents who, who give great advice. And, and my parents were, you know, they said, you know, in high school, they, they said, let's, you know, get you exposed to, to things and see what happens. And I was really fortunate senior year through a relationship that I had to have an opportunity to be a intern my senior year of high school for a baseball agent on the player representation side. Okay. So I saw that. So I saw that side of the business. And the agent said to me, you know, the next step for you, Andrew, why don't you go see the team side? And minor league baseball is a great place to 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 get a glimpse into a lot of areas of the, the business. So I, I sent my resume to a bunch of minor league teams and I was fortunate enough to get an internship with the, the Trenton Thunder, they're, they're, at the time, they were the double-A affiliate of the New York Yankees in, in, and they're in New Jersey. I show up on the first day, Jake, and I think I'm going to learn the business of sports. Well, 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 well. They say, Andrew, it's great to have you here. And they put us all the interns in a conference room and they say, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. You're going to go there. And tomorrow, everybody bring a pair of old clothes, keep them in the locker room, because we're going to need all of you to help pull the tarp on and off the field when it rains. And everybody kind of looks like, huh? Don't we have a grounds crew? And they say, yes, we have a grounds crew. The difference is between us and the Yankees is that their grounds crew might be three times the size, might have three times the budget. And pulling the tarp is hard work and everybody needs to do it. So, you know, everybody from the CEO to the head of marketing to the, to the VP of stadium operations, to all the new interns, everybody be ready for a tarp pull when it starts to rain. And sure enough, probably 15, 16 times that summer, I was out there pulling the tarp with the grounds crew. And it's hard. I mean, for those who have never done it, I mean, if you've watched a baseball game, it's a lot harder than it looks. It requires communication, coordination, strength, teamwork, all these, all these. And things. it's pouring rain at the same time. It's pouring rain, so you're kind of up against the the clock. There could be wind. I mean, who knows, right? You know, and especially you know these people who do it in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it, it's raining all the time, and yep. and you've also you know it's one thing to pull the tarp on the field or off the field uh, in the afternoon uh, or when the fans aren't there, I should say. But when the fans are watching and the rest of their evening entertainment kind of hinges on you being able to get that field covered and keep it dry, there's a lot of pressure. Yep. So it really wasn't for another couple of years. That when I got into the, the the professional world, and I was you know I wasn't you know working in baseball, I started to have the opportunity to work with a lot of people. I started to actually have the opportunity to hire some people, and what I realized was, the people that I wanted to work with, the people I wanted to hire, the people who were the most productive and successful, and the best team players were these tart pullers, as I began to call them, these people who never said to you, Andrew, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. That's somebody else's responsibility. They were willing to do whatever it took in the moment to help the team, the organization 
be successful. They were willing, as I say, to pull the tarp. And you know, as I've continued on in my career even further, it's just continued to be cemented more and more every day that this everybody pulls the tarp philosophy has nothing to do with baseball, has nothing to do with being a, a groundskeeper or actually pulling the tarp. It's a mindset that the greatest teams, the greatest organizations are powered by individuals who contribute far outside the boundaries of their job description. They find ways to contribute regardless of the circumstances. And, and I think there's a lot to be, to be learned from that. I love that. And, and I'm, I, I'm even more fascinated about our shared connections because I spent time interning on the football side of the representation business and worked with the arena football team. So uh, we're, we're going to catch up on some of that stuff later. But one of the, I've got two questions for you around this mentality, especially given your experience in the workplace. One, how do we as leaders identify those traits in people to hire them? Because anybody can be like, oh, I'm a team player. You know, I love like everybody can give you the one liners that, that you need in the interview process. But actually identifying how do we start to see the differences in these people between what they say and what they do before they come in the door? So in your experience, what have you seen that have helped you better identify those people throughout the process and the interview process? Well, I, I think I think in the it's hard. Like, let's be let's yeah. be clear. Right. It's really hard before you get to kind of lay eyes on, on them as, uh, and, and see how they work and go about their day. But during the interview process, I mean, the way I think you kind of evaluate this is you, you have to ask, you know, you have to ask questions that, that, that force you to um, for, force the person to, to give you examples, right? Real life examples where they're doing things that maybe, you know, aren't necessarily something that would have been in their job description, but something that is, it makes an impact or, you know, I'm often looking for, you know, it, it, you know, little things, right? Like during, did the person show up on time or they, did they do their homework? Are they, you know, well-prepared things that, you know, you and I might say are just kind of table stakes, but are they doing the little things to, to show respect, to show that they value someone's time and that they're, you know, just like you said about Bob Berg, are they, are they kind of in this and focused, right? And then once they, once they start working with you, I think you can get a pretty good feel for whether or not they're going to be a tarp puller, as I like to put it, because I'm looking for all the, to me, your, your job description is what you, is what you have to do. That's the basics. But you know, if, if, if you're walking around and you see a piece of trash and there's a piece of trash, do they pick it up? If there's something kind of a miss, uh, you know, do they help fix it? Uh, are they, are they jumping in, you know, are, are, are they, you know, at, at, 5.30 or 6 o'clock when they're done with their own work, do they just pack up and leave? Or do they ask somebody, is there anything I can help you with? Do they go outside the boundaries of what you would just kind of see as the basic expectations? That to me starts to tell you that, hey, we might have a, a tarp puller here. I love it. Okay. So on that same note, fast forwarding for those leaders in positions that whether we've got a sports team, whether we've got a corporate team, we, we want these tarp pullers. We want these individuals. We know the importance of, of having everyone on the same page, but we've got some people that are kind of on the fence. Maybe they're not going to be a full tarp puller and, and we're not ready to fire them. How do we convince people? And I would almost say sell the idea more than anything, but change the narrative for them to where they see the value of pulling the tarp and getting involved, getting their hands dirty versus saying that's not my responsibility. Because there's the really negative people and those you can probably let go. But then there's the other ones that are a little more apathetic around it because they just don't maybe see the point. Well, I think 
the first thing you, you got to do is, you know, as a leader, you have to be a tarp puller yourself. Yep. You have to lead by example, right? Whether you're the head coach, the CEO, whatever, you need to be willing to do anything. You, know, you, you can't ask someone to do anything that you're not willing to do yourself, right? And people notice that. And that means, you know, if you're a CEO, right, you know, you should be willing to go down to the photocopy machine and make your own photocopies if necessary, right? You know, if you're, if you're the head coach and you walk into the locker room and there's a bunch of dirty towels on the floor and, and instead of stepping over them, you're going to want to pick those up, right? So you want to lead by example. You have to lead by example. That, that, that's kind of the, the first and foremost. And then I think it comes down to kind of continuing that thought, showing, not telling, right? I think you have to show people the value that it creates, the impact that it has by, you know, catching people doing the right thing. You know, one of my other mentors always talks about this concept of we're so conditioned as a society, as parents and as teachers to catch people doing things wrong. And then we intervene and we tell them what they did wrong. I think when, when a leader is trying to cultivate an environment of tarp pullers, they have to catch people doing right. So, hey, did everybody see what Jake did today? Nobody was expecting that of Jake today, but he came in and he did it. And for that, we, we accomplished X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, hey, thanks for the, uh, you know, four or five people who stayed late to help us, you know, meet this deadline, right? You want, when you see someone doing the, something right as a leader, you want to celebrate it and celebrate it in real time. And then I think that, that creates that kind of momentum that, that's, uh, that starts spinning in your favor. I, I love that. You know, we've talked about on the show before with youth sports, and how parents, like the goal should never be to praise the goal, the outcome, the hit. The biggest thing we have to praise is the effort, the hustle, the, the encouragement. How'd you, how were you as a teammate? Because those are the, we want them to know those are the most important things. How hard you work, how great of a teammate you are, did you lead? And I'll, I do the same thing as you. I've talked to clients on the work side and say, you know, if we want people doing this, how are we praising that effort? How are we, how are we doing that? And then like you said, we're conditioned as a society to call people out to catch the negative things. We see that negative behavior. As my friend Kevin DeShazzo says, how do we look for opportunities to call them up and remind them of what they're capable of and what our culture is and what the standards are versus just pointing out the negative and, and saying, fix that. And so those, I, I love hearing that reiterated because the language we use, how we communicate with our teams, whether it's a youth sports team, a high school team, a college team, or we're talking corporate sales team, the things that we reinforce over and over again with our language become the things that our team sees as most important and start to live out within their culture. Uh, and so it's really encouraging for you to hear that because I'm sure I'm not the only one who's worked in an environment where the leader says one thing and lives a completely different mentality and it just kills the company. It may not be instantly, but that culture is just gone pretty soon. Oh, for sure, right? I mean, I think the, the the best way to kill a culture as a leader or put kind of a wrench in your game plan is to to you know say one thing and do the other. So you yeah. see, you, you have to you have to lead by example. You have to be a tarp puller yourself. There can't be anything that you're uh, asking people to do that you're not willing to do yourself. And to take that a step further, that you know, again, you don't want to do things for show, but it doesn't hurt when people see you pulling the tarp yourself. Right. You know, and it, I, I find it, you know, as somebody who, um, you know, has been around a lot of great leaders, the best leaders, the people that you want to go to, to war with every single day and, and give 150% are those that are right there in the, the trenches with you, or at least, you know, they're willing to, if necessary, throw their hat in the ring. 
Absolutely. One of the things I'm just curious on that just keeps popping up in my head as we're talking about this is, is internal stories and really the self-talk and how, if you've seen this, where doing the action of pulling the tarp, you don't have to feel like I'm I'm part of this. I, you know, this is not below me, you know, whatever to actually go out and build the habit and, and change the internal narrative. And does, does this make sense in terms of what I'm asking? Have you seen to where we, we do the action, we start to take the behaviors before we actually believe it? Or do you think it's important for us to start believing nothing's below me before we can take that action? I think it's a, I think it's a combination, right? Okay. I think, I mean, we, we have to, like anything else, we have to, you have to build muscle in, in everything, right? You have to build muscle, you know, physically, you got to build mental muscle and you got to build great, you got to build great habits. I think I see James Clear's Atomic Habits book uh, over your over your yep. shoulder there as I, as I look. And, and the, way, the way I look at it is with, with these kind of tart pulling, kind of giving of yourself moments is you have to wake up every day and you have to say, okay, what's one small thing that I can do today for someone else? What's one thing that somebody maybe isn't expecting me to do, but I'm going to do it. So maybe you know, somebody you, you, you met recently you know, is expecting a follow-up email and instead you send a handwritten note. Or maybe you know you just you know mentioned to somebody in passing a, a, a book that a book that you like. You send them a copy of the you send them a copy of the book. Maybe you know I I I tell this story all the time. You know we we have a a lady who delivers our FedEx packages and and I still get a traditional newspaper. If my newspaper is still sitting on the driveway when the FedEx truck gets here, she carries the package and puts the newspaper and the package on my porch. Again, brings a little smile to my eyes. It doesn't have to be significant. So I say everybody can wake up every morning and say, what's one thing I'm going to do for somebody today that they're not expecting? And then you start to build. It becomes almost like part of your wiring. Every day becomes about giving. Every day becomes about giving. And you know you, you have to catch yourself, right? You want to essentially take the phrase, that's not my job, out of your job description. Or, I'm sorry, out of your vocabulary. And uh, th- it takes time. You got to build. I think like anything else, you got you, you to condition. I mean, we're all... We're conditioned as people, right, to um, kind of uh, focus on uh, what we need to accomplish and self-preserve, right? You know, sometimes you have to kind of rewire and think about it as um, uh, how do I give up myself Absolutely. and build that habit? It's a habit. You got to build a habit, just like Atomic Habits there, one of my yep. favorite books. And I was going to say, and along the same lines of everything you just echoed, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, of just getting your ego aside because your ego is going to destroy not only your own room to grow and get better because you're going to overinflate your confidence in what you know, but it's going to make you feel like you're more important than the team, which is ultimately going to leave you out of that team. And because you just don't have a place, if the whole team and culture is bought into this mentality of everybody pulls the tarp, everybody's involved. It's not every day you're pulling the tarp. Rainy days don't happen every day in baseball, except maybe in the Northwest. But at times, you're going to need to jump in and roll up your sleeves. And if you're not someone who's going to do that, this isn't the place for you. And there's a lot of people that may lose their, quote, dream job because they weren't a fit with that culture for that reason. Well, 100, 100%, Jake. And you know, I, I could think of countless conversations that I've had with some of these, these you know, high performers uh, in all different walks of life. And you know, I remember a conversation I had with former Dancing with the Stars host, Samantha Harris. And Samantha Harris talked about this cog in the wheel mentality. Now, she was the host of Dancing with the Stars. She's been 
the host on some on Entertainment Tonight. And, and she said, you know, she's always had a realization and, and maybe this, you know, she said, you know, was part of her like Midwest upbringing or whatever, you know, just the mindset that was instilled in her from an early age. But even if she's the host of the show, she's just a cog in the wheel that if, you know, one person on that crew or, you know, on the team of producers or one of the writers, if one person doesn't do their job, then the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't matter how good of a host she is. She's doing her part. Everybody else has a role to play as well. And we're all kind of interconnected in that way. And there, and there, are, countless, there are countless other examples you know, that have been um, shared in that context. I mean, we're all the product of people around us. And at the end of the day, you know, I, also, I also really, um, in terms of like the ego and kind of checking ego at the door, one of the, one of the things I like to remind myself every single day is you're never as good as you are on you know, your, 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 uh, your best day. And you're never as bad as you are on your worst day. You're, you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, and that's a, and I think that's a, a good way that I have found to pull myself up when things aren't going the way I want them to go. And also to kind of ground myself when I'm walking around a little bit like, Oh, this is going really, really well. This is really, really, you know, and you know, we got, you got to do that once in a while. You got to remind yourself you're, you're never as, as good as you are on your best day. And you're not as bad as you are on your worst day. Without a doubt. And, and life sometimes will funny remind you of how not good you are on your best day if you carry that arrogance around a little too long uh, and get tripped up. So, man, I, I love that. I think that's an, an awesome way to end this episode. But before we go, one, I want everybody to get connected with you. So where's the best place to connect with you online? What social platform are you most active on? And then where can we find your podcast that I'm a subscriber to? And I think a lot of our listeners should add into their list. Well, ab absolutely. Thank you, Jake. Everybody can find me on Instagram at Andrew Moses one two three. That's Andrew Moses one two three. The podcast. Everybody pulls the tarp is in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your major podcast apps. And I also I also send a weekly newsletter, which everybody can sign up for at everybodypullsthetarp.com slash newsletter. So I look forward to engaging with everybody wherever you want to engage. Uh, I'm in this to to build a world full of tarp pullers, and I hope you know everybody joins me. And Jake, I I, I so appreciate you know uh, getting to know you and the opportunity to have uh, our conversation today. Yes, sir. And and I'm going to echo what you said about the newsletter. I signed up when we first connected. Uh, I really appreciate kind of the overview of the podcast episodes as well as some of the little stories and nuggets you include in there. And so I know everybody listening, your inboxes are full. I know you get emails from me or the Daily Competitor. You've probably are signed up on James Clear's list as well. But Andrew's is one that if I have about eight emails every week that I want to read, it's on the list. So go to everybodypullsthetarp.com. Is that right? Yep. And then you can go everybody pulls the tarp.com slash newsletter to there sign up go. for that email. And I appreciate the kind words, Jake. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.